what is the Upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX HockeyCast. This is episode 47, and oh buddy, the first round of the playoffs are really set off now in the last episode. Talked about, I think all of the first games have been done now. Now we're pretty much up to game four and five of everybody, so going to catch you up on everything that's been going on in the first round of the playoffs. It's been absolute chaos, so we're going to have to go through all that. Other than that, there isn't a whole lot of big NHL news other than somebody out in the western area of Canada might be getting a new arena finally, so we're going to talk about that, but before we do that, let's just let's just go into the Leaf talk. We're talking about the Leafs right now, so in the last episode, it was pretty well known that Michael Bunting was going to get a suspension for being a friggin' idiot. I still stand by that, and it looks like everybody in the in the market, in the media, everybody that's been that's seen it is like, oh yeah, that was just blatantly stupid and uncalled for for Michael Bunting. So yeah, he deserved a suspension, and it comes out he gets a three game suspension, which. I didn't even bat an eyelash at, honestly, when that came down. I was kind of glad that we kind of just got the suspension out of the way like we usually do. I mean, what was it last year? What's his name? Kyle Clifford. He got suspended like eight seconds into the series last year. So we got the Michael Bunting situation out of the way. Three games. Yeah, okay, for some people that sounded like a lot of games because... Three games usually tends to um, come out to about six games in the regular season because playoff games mean more. But three games, yeah, it's hefty, and Michael Bunting, I don't believe, has ever been suspended before. But we've been talking about this throughout the whole entire season, the Michael Bunting versus the referees. And I think everybody kind of saw this coming, and then it happened, and I feel like they were going to make... Yet another example out of the Toronto Maple Leafs players, and they were going to target Michael Bunting especially because they don't like him. So three games, I mean, I don't care. Um, it's easy, it, much easier for me to say that now that they went 3-0 and uh, without Michael Bunting. We'll, we'll, get, we'll dive into all the games, don't worry. But um, even when it came down, I mean, I was pretty... I was fine with it. We can move on. Matthew Nyes can come in. So it wasn't that big of a deal to me. I mean... Uh, Sheldon Keefe and Dubis and everybody on the team, you know, they were obviously upset. They're going to lose a top six forward. I think Michael Bunting was playing on the top line at the time when he got suspended. But yeah, it's a, a, a losing a player. It's it's not good. You don't want to lose players in the playoffs. So anyway, so the Leafs are playing without Michael Bunting. We go into game two and we remember game one. They got absolutely demolished. So what are the Leafs going to do? Well, they come back and they demolish Tampa Bay in um, answering the call. I guess I don't know where I'm going with that. I don't know. They came back and kicked the shit out of Tampa Bay. And, oh, I mean, I mean, they kind of had to on, like, the Tampa Bay was coming in without Victor Hedman or Cernak. So Cernak was injured. He was already coming into the playoff series injured. But Michael Bunting, just the wham, he just an elbow to the face for the cherry on top. So he's super duper hurt now. And then on top of that, they have... Victor Hedman, who I usually I, I usually say, like, besides Vasilevsky, I think Victor Hedman is the most important guy on that team. Because when they got swept by Columbus, it was because Victor Hedman was, I believe he was rather playing really hurt or he wasn't playing at all. I think it was a mixture of both. But without Hedman out there, Tampa does not flow the, the same. Especially now, over the seasons, Tampa Bay's blue line has gotten a little bit lighter. I mean, losing Ryan McDonough, that's not killer. And then that one dude that they, I don't know, I remember his name. But anyway, 
Tampa Bay's defense has gotten a bit lighter, and when you take out Cernak and Victor Hedman, boom, there goes their whole left side. All they have left is Sergachev, and, I mean, they have defensemen. They had guys that played, but it's it's going to be devastating to any team to lose pretty much your whole left side all at once. So Tampa Bay coming in very shorthanded on the blue line. So this is basically a must-win game for Toronto. You cannot go down 0-2 on your home ice, then they have to go to Tampa Bay down two games. So it was a must win, and they fucking did it, man. Matthew Nyes enters the series, and throughout that game, I think, I mean, he's a rookie, so I wasn't gonna, I didn't have the expectations through the moon. I'm like, oh, he better come in and score on his first shift, on his first shot, and he better, between the legs and, like, roof it, I, I better see a Michigan goal and all that stuff. No, I was just expecting, hoping for him not to look like a liability out there. And I think he looked much better, much better than a liability. He did pretty good out there. And sometimes he showed, like, really nice flashes. Like, he made that one move. I was like, (gasps) and from the corner, and he just drives the front of the net. I'm like, oh, yeah, man, this is the kind of thing. I love power forwards. And Matthew Nyes looks like he could potentially be a really good, effective power forward for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And these are the kind of players that really help in long runs in the playoff series when you get an injection of the young legs, a young player, someone new even, like someone that the NHL teams don't really have uh, much scouting on. They haven't seen a lot out of the players, so maybe he can kind of, I don't know, surprise some teams with what he can do. And I think Tampa Bay has been a little bit surprised by what Matthew Nyes can do, and maybe even us ourselves have been a little bit surprised. I wouldn't say I'm super surprised. I think he's... I think I'm, I think he's been a little bit better than I thought, so I'm I'm fairly surprised. He's been good. He had a fairly good day, a fairly good game. Took some hits out there. I mean, he's going to get you know humbled a little bit by the strength and speed of the NHL. So he had to do a little bit of adjusting there, but he did make some mistakes. But I thought he did pretty good there for his first game and doesn't have a lot of NHL experience under his belt. He's going into a highly pressurized situation, Toronto versus Tampa Bay. I mean, the pressure is own. Uh, a lot of people say that the pressure isn't necessarily on Matthew Nyes. I mean, I think he's definitely going to have some pressure on himself. This is his showcase time. This is where he's going to solidify himself for maybe what he's going to be on the team next year. Maybe this guy, he has a really good, strong run in the playoffs he's going to be solidified as the top six and maybe losing Michael Bunting in the offseason which looks like it's pretty much written in stone that Michael Bunting won't be coming back unless he's coming back dirt cheap because he is just lighting money up on fire with that suspension and how the referees hate him so I mean if Matthew Nyes comes in slips slides into the Michael Bunting I think Matthew Nyes could potentially be a upgrade over Michael Bunting already in certain aspects. But Michael Bunting brings some other things to the table that Matthew Nyes doesn't have just yet. Mostly that kind of piece of shit element that Michael Bunting has. Not that he's a piece of shit like off of the ice. He's a bad human or anything, but that's a good quality to have on the ice. So that's good. But Michael Bunting will be coming back. So a lot of people are asking the question... Where does Michael Bunting come in? Where does he fit in in the lineup right now? Do Does Sheldon Keefe even mess up with that lineup right now? They just won three straight games without him. But honestly, they didn't look that good in those two. Well, two out of the three games, they didn't look that good. So they slaughtered Tampa Bay in game two. That's fantastic. So we'll go to game three. 
Game three was um, a bit, it was a better game. I really, I mean, all the games have been fairly enjoyable aside from the first game, which just gave me a little bit of an anxiety attack. But I, I realize it's a seven game series. One game is, doesn't mean it's over yet, but it's not the start we wanted, obviously. But game three, Toronto wins this game four to three in overtime. Victor Hedman came back in this game, which, I mean, made my heart drop and rise at the same time because I'm a big Victor Hedman fan, but. Really would have liked him to be out for the rest of the series because that would give Toronto just an incredibly good chance to win. But he's back in there, and man, Tampa Bay started to look like Tampa Bay in game three. Man, they were all over the Leafs, like especially that second period. Oh my goodness, second period onward, it was all Tampa Bay. Like, Leafs couldn't generate anything. They were trying this uh, really bold strategy where they would just dump it and then do nothing. They would send one guy in maybe to try and chase it but like they're just not a really good dump and chase team they're better at bringing it in with speed and then kind of getting in there passing it around a bunch making the defense move and then you can find an open lane and get a good shot but Tampa was really shutting it down and really the only way that they can kind of get in there was to dump it in and yeah they just it just was not working bro but somehow Toronto gets it gets it done they take the game to overtime and they fucking won it dude I can't believe it and that's not even the craziest win like this was purely a game that they did not deserve to win Samsonov absolutely stole this game for us I mean thank you so much Sammy and a lot of talk about oh the Leafs haven't had a goaltender steal a game from them since maybe James Reimer but I've feel like Freddie Anderson had some really good games out there. I know he's kind of remembered for a lot of those really bad games that he had, and I mean, yeah, it's understandable, but I mean, Ed Belfour had some really good games back then. We remember Curtis Joseph and Felix Potfan, but yeah, man, that was a pure steal for Samsonov. Made some really big saves. He was a little shaky at the beginning, but man, he settled in there and everyone was a little bit worried about Samsonov because of his track record in the playoffs and the the start to the playoffs this year. But dude, he has brought it back together. Like, yeah, he's letting in goals, but he is making big saves when when they need him. And he came through for, for the Leafs and Bois in game three and got an absolutely ridiculous <laughs> overtime win. And oh my goodness, dude, what can I say? about Morgan Riley, Morgan Riley, oh my goodness, like, the dude looked like a a punching bag coming into some of these games, like, he has been taking an ass kicking out there, the hit on Braden Point, I understand Tampa fans are probably upset about that, but it, it didn't get called, he got jumped, that whole hoopla with everyone freaking out, oh, the first time uh, 260 goal scorers ever fought, like, that was not a fight, get the fuck out of here, that wasn't a fight, that was Steven Stamkos playing fucking 4D chess with the referee's brains, and I love that Sheldon Keefe, like, gave Cooper the props on that, because I think he deserved that, and... Keith right there I think was playing some 3D chess because not only is he kind of playing some of those Cooper mind games with John Cooper he's also at the same time taking a shot at the referees without like I think I don't know if he got fined or not it doesn't matter but I really like that from Keith I thought that was well done so that was pretty killer I'm not gonna go too crazy about that because every single podcast went crazy about that I don't think it was that big of a deal um the the refereeing just 
playoff wide round one every single series refereeing has been trash some of them yeah have been a little bit worse than others i'm looking at the islanders series there have been some pretty bad calls over there but i think it's um every series has had bad refereeing so it's not just the leafs in tampa every single series has had bad refereeing and i feel like the noise around it has is pretty loud and maybe this offseason they look more into that we'll see i doubt it i mean the referees are so protected in this league i'm not really expecting much but the heat is really on the referees right now like every single series every analyst every podcast is talking about how bad the refereeing is and it's right there in front of everybody there's more eyes on the playoffs right now than ever watching these referees making bad calls but I will give them their props though that when they did call the five minute major on Riley on that Braden Point hit they only called it a major just so they can look at it and really determine what actually happened there and then they ended up calling it no penalty at all because if you call a five minute major it gives you the opportunity to review the play which I thought was a really smart move by the referees so I mean I'm I'm not gonna sit here and say that they're doing a bang up job I I realize it's an extremely hard job but I think it'd be easier maybe for the referees and or Gary Bettman to just get in front of it and say hey it's a really hard job maybe we'll start looking for added assistance for the referees like robots or some shit because goddamn we got to get those robots in there man because this is really bad and we'll talk about some of the other bad calls in the Oilers series and stuff like that but back to game three Morgan Riley floats it in there and it just goes in man and I'm not going to lie like I was watching that game and from the second period onward I was pretty pissed off because the Leafs effort was bad I mean Tampa shut them down they were rarely getting any good chances and it just yeah man it just wasn't a good performance and then overtime started and Tampa just continued they were just all over Toronto but Samsonov kept coming up with the saves I was like I didn't want to say it out loud but I'm sitting there and it was getting closer to the end of the first overtime period and I was like oh my god I was like I can't go through another overtime period I can't go through another period of this man like this is so hard to watch it's so unpleasant to watch because Leafs had nothing absolutely nothing but then that little a little thought in my mind I was like man it happens so often that the team that is really dominating in overtime if they just aren't going to get that goal within like the first five or before the 10 minute mark it's a little I think it happens more often than not that team will just get a shot on net maybe their first or even second shot and it's in because it's just that's just kind of how it goes sometimes and it actually happened that way for the Leafs which I goodness gracious like nine times out of ten nine point nine times out of ten the Leafs are losing that game man like you're not going to get that goaltending performance you're not going to get that lucky goal in overtime like how many times have the Leafs the Leafs lost in overtime I think they said the last time the Leafs won in overtime was against the Capitals and that was in 2019 so it's been a hot minute since we had that feeling it was really really nice like I honestly not only did I feel relief because I didn't want to watch another period of that go on I just couldn't handle it watching Samsonov just getting shelled out there and he's just standing on his head for us thankfully but I mean I felt good I was laughing I was like oh my god like it actually happened like the Leafs got a lucky one like we you got you got like a lot of people are giving the Leafs criticism because they're like oh well 
you know, you're not, they look terrible out there, but you got to win those. You got to get those wins sometimes in the playoffs. You got to get the wins, even though you don't deserve it, but you still get the W. You got to get those wins in a good playoff run. And the Leafs just rarely, if ever, would get those wins in the playoffs, man. Like, yeah, it would happen in the regular season sometimes, or even often, where, especially like a couple of years ago when they were having those big like offensive flourishes where they were just bam three goals in like four minutes you're like whoa shit they're back in the game they'd win but rarely would that happen in the playoffs but it's happening it's actually happening so far in the series so it happened there in game three absolute robbery of a game so i was expecting the leafs to come back uh with a better performance and i was expecting tampa bay to be fired up because they were going to be absolutely pissed off that they lost that game so game four goes down and it's happening again fucking tampa bay is having their way with the leafs out there just they look like they're completely comfortable at this point like they're like shake off that loss from last night or the other night and back at it just fucking pumping the leafs with shots and good chances and i just got to shout out Braden point man oh my god God, that guy is just a mutant. He's a mutant out there. I don't know what that guy is eating for breakfast, but I want some of that shit. That guy is insane. Like, he'd be the guy that survives a nuclear blast. Like, he's a cacaroche out there. He's a little psychopath, but I love him. And then Matthew Nyes, like... So the game's going on, and the Leafs are getting absolutely dummied. Absolutely dummied. The first period not going well. Tampa, I think, what, they were up 2-0 at the end of the first period, and one of the key things that Tampa has been getting in this series is those fucking late-period goals. Oh, my God, those little daggers. Every time, one or two minutes left in the period, bam, in the back of the net, and just makes you feel like a piece of shit, and you got to sit there feeling like that for 20 minutes plus until the Leafs can get it back going, but, oh, I was... um. Wasn't feeling good about it after the first period. I sadly didn't get to watch the second period, but apparently I didn't miss much. My buddy Cal was keeping me posted with uh, what was going on, and I could just feel the pain through his text messages. He's like, oh, it's 3 nothing now. Oh, 3-1, oh, and then it was like 4-1. I was like, ah, oh, crap. And then I got to watch the third period, thankfully, and I saw the Matthew Nyes saving that goal on the goal line, and oh my goodness, like... Maybe at that moment, it didn't look, didn't seem all that important, but oh my god, now that we've seen the ending of this game, the final result, what a moment. What a freaking moment for Matthew Nyes right there, saving that was so close to being in, so an absolute ridiculous moment for Matthew Nyes saving that, I couldn't believe that. And then the Leafs are still struggling to get it going until about halfway through the third period, Matthew What's his name? Not Matthew, not, not Matthew Nyes, Boppy, Austin Matthews, baby. He comes to life, scores a goal, and it was a really nice goal. Like, it looked just, looked like an Austin Matthews goal. He fires it off quick. It's perfectly placed. It's a fucking mean shot. And Vasilevsky, it looked like, I don't know, he kind of reacted late to that. And the Leafs have some life. Oh, my God, they have some life. Even though I was like, eh, you know, I, d- I didn't want to say, but... um Going into that period, I'm like, 4-1. I mean, that's been a pretty awful lead to have lately in the NHL. It's kind of the new 2 nothing or the the two-goal lead. And lately, I mean, a three-goal lead is not necessarily the most safe thing in the NHL anymore. And here we go. Austin Matthews scores again. And the, and the Maple Leafs are fucking buzzing, man. Like, we are all buzzing. I'm like, no fucking way. This is happening right now. 
And here he goes again. Morgan fucking Riley, dude. When the second that puck got to him, I looked at the net and I was like, holy shit, look how fucking open that side of the net is. And the second that puck left his freaking stick, I was like, oh my God, it's going right over there. It's going right over there. And bam, it's in. And dude, I haven't creamed that many times over a goal in a hot minute. It's that was bananas. I mean, I know a lot of people are going, oh, it's a, it's a one of the best comebacks and a lot of people are bringing up the Columbus comeback, and, like, it's not the same as this comeback, because that comeback in Columbus, like, the whole time, even though it was happening, I feel like a lot of us were kind of miserable, even though it was happening, it was like, of course they're doing this to us, but this one felt different, man, this one was like, holy shit, like, they actually pulled their bootstraps up, got some dirt in those wounds, and they got down there, and got gritty, and fucking pulled off the win, it wasn't, like, that classic Leaf I don't know. It just didn't feel the same. This one was different, man. This one felt really different. So Morgan Riley ties the game. We go back into overtime and oh my God. (laughs) Oh my fucking God, dude. Alex Kerfoot alone in front of the net. It gets fucking tossed and he tips it in. It's fucking in. And like, oh my God, I don't know how many times now I've watched the little 10, 12 second clip of the Leafs bench losing their mind and celebrating and and like Austin Matthews looked like he didn't know what to do with himself a little bit he's like oh should I should I hug Ryan O'Reilly or should I get off and celebrate like it looked like he just didn't know what to do with himself he's like I haven't felt this I don't know what to do with my hands and he was just like Ryan O'Reilly was just like he looked like Chuck Liddell when he won a UFC fight he's just ah going fucking crazy Sheldon Keith losing his mind I mean oh my god dude Something feels different right now. Now, I'm not blowing my load saying, oh, they're going to beat Tampa. The series isn't over yet. I'm not blowing my load already, and they haven't won the cup just yet. Matthew said it in the post post game. Like, there's so much further to go. You have three wins at a 16. So, yeah, there's a long, long, long way to go. But, I mean, I can't say that I'm not impressed with the... Even though they've been getting their ass kicked over the last two games... I'm impressed with the victories, man. Even, like, they're not the prettiest wins, but I haven't seen wins like that in a long time in the playoffs. Just, they just didn't deserve it, and they got them. But that comeback, the, oh my god, dude, that is bananas. I feel really bad that there's two days in between the next game, because, like, the Maple Leafs probably were like, can we start the next, can we have the game tomorrow morning? Like, as soon as possible, like, let's take this momentum and bring it to Tampa on home ice and just end this thing, but... It's not over yet. You get a couple days off. Tampa can reset. I don't know what they're going to do. If they're going to have a practice or they're just going to take some time off and just fucking think and refocus and then come out. I'm expecting a really, really focused competitive Tampa Bay on Thursday and the Leafs better be there. Better be there to answer because this shit isn't going to fly. Like It's nice that we're getting these kind of wins, but you're not going to rattle off. 12 more of more of these kind of wins right like it's it's not gonna happen so you're, they're gonna have to start playing better than the way that they have been and we'll bring it back to the question is is it good to insert Michael Bunting now because I mean Bunting's a good player maybe now with the suspension a little beepy whack he smartens up a little bit hopefully this was the message that gets through to him like a first a really big suspension too like for a first suspension that's a big one. So hopefully it's eye-opening, and I don't think anybody was really siding with Michael Bunting. Everyone was like, yeah, dude, you fucked up, and the league 
punished you for that. And I hopefully he comes back. It's been kind of a little storyline throughout the season that whenever Michael Bunting uh, gets a little bit in trouble, gets a little bit of hot water with Sheldon Keefe, he goes down to the fourth line. And whenever he goes down to the fourth line, he plays well. He gets he'll usually score a goal and he'll earn his way back up into the lineup. So if I had to do it, I mean, I don't think it's really fair at this point to take anybody out, but let's just say we put Michael Bunting back in there. If I have to do that, I'll I'll have to take out uh, Reese, I guess, Zach Aston Reese, even though he's played well. But you insert Michael Bunting down into that fourth line, and he's pretty good. Like I said, if you put that fire under him and you kind of put him in trouble, put him in the doghouse, he's really good at fighting his way out of the doghouse. So... Maybe if you put him on the fourth line, he can get a fourth line goal for you. And maybe that fourth line goal is the goal that gets you the win in game five. Theoretically, I don't know. Because we'll move on to um, the big boys have come to play. I mean, it'd be it's nice. I mean, we've gotten a couple support goals from the bottom six, but it's mostly been the big boys, man. Like, Mitch Marner has been on a absolute freaking tear. I can't believe, like... I know I'd like I've noticed him playing good out there but I haven't he hasn't like necessarily been like dominant out there like he he's not like when I watch Nathan McKinnon play or when you watch uh Leon Draisaitl play on in these playoffs like he's good out there like he has his flashes where like ooh but I just don't think he's been like dominating but points wise in four games he's got 10 points already only two goals he got eight assists but He's got 10 points in four games. Like, you cannot deny that Marner has stepped his game up in the playoffs this year, man. Like, it's he's there. And then Austin Matthews right there with him, seven points. Well, not right there with him. He's got three less points. But four games, seven points, three goals. Ryan O'Reilly, seven points, two goals, five assists. William Nylander, even though he's one that I've been criticizing while I've watched him at times, he just looks really fucking lazy, like sleeping out there, sleeping out there, just cruising, weak back checking, but he has been producing two goals, five assists. So seven points for him as well. So I'm pretty gosh damn impressed with the, the big guys. And of course, Morgan Riley with two of the biggest goals in the series so far, he's got two goals, four assists, six points. I believe four of those assists came in one game so it was a big game for him there but fucking Morgan Riley's had enough god damn it he's had enough losing he's tired of this shit so Morgan Riley the big boys have been stepping up so there really can't be any criticism towards the big guys uh at this point because they've been stepping up John Tavares with the hat trick and the other great thing uh not only have just the big boys been standing up and stepping up big but the trade deadline acquisitions, bro. Luke Shen. I have been screaming for this guy for years to be a Toronto Maple Leaf again. And this is fucking why, man. Luke Shen, just the moment where all the chirping was going down after that big fight with Stamkos and Matthews and Junk. And Luke Shen's just standing there in the middle of the bench, just getting berated by Maroon and all those freaking guys over there. He's just standing there taking it. He's like, yeah, whatever, all good. I don't give a shit. I got my cup rings. Like, I don't care. And he's taking all that heat away from the other guys. He's he's making sure that they're not losing their focus, getting chirped by Maroon and stuff. And he was just, just by himself, like three-on-one chirp fest. It was it was probably it was probably not very nice. I mean, Luke Shen was probably like ooh, ooh, a little bit after the game, but 
oh my god, dude. Like, Luke Shen, he's hitting, he's fighting out there. Like, I fucking love Luke Shen in the playoffs so far. And some people calling for maybe Luke Shen or one of those kind of guys to come out of the lineup and put in Lilligren because they could use uh, a little bit more of that maybe puck-moving defenseman back there. But I don't know, man. It's a little bit tough to take out Luke Shen because I think that's uh, one element maybe that the Leafs have taken away from Tampa Bay so far in the series is a little bit of that physical mind games that Maroon and Corey Perry could just walk all over this team. And now we got Luke Shen out there and McCabe and other guys stepping up, even Justin Hall, who has no right out there to fight anybody, but he's out there and he's trying. So I got to give Justin Hall some props, but Noel Achari is hitting everything out there. He picks up a good bottom six goal here and there and I just love that he's hitting everything he's getting involved so he's been fantastic Ryan O'Reilly I just said he's got seven points he has been not only like getting points but he's been a calming essence on that bench like when shit goes wrong Ryan O'Reilly's got the experience I mean he's won his cup with St. Louis it wasn't easy winning that cup so they went through the ups and downs and Ryan O'Reilly knows how to sail the the very treacherous seas that is the NHL playoffs so having him on there is a calming essence on the bench and he's putting up big fucking points so Ryan O'Reilly's been fantastic McCabe I mean the dude's playing top line defense right now like he is up there with Brody probably our most effective defensive pairing right now so McCabe has been an excellent addition and I mean Sam Lafferty not really in the lineup right now but hey who knows down the line he may be a good piece like he's still a great like it feels so good knowing that we have a guy like Lafferty that can come in if someone gets hurt it's like fuck yeah we got a Lafferty like he's great someone that you can pop into the lineup so I feel really good about a lot of the things that's been going on with this playoff run so far so Leaf fans out there how you feeling so far are you feeling extremely confident are you feeling that they're gonna put him away here on Thursday I mean I'm not going to be overly surprised if Tampa Bay comes back and wins on Thursday I mean I would love nothing more than have a anxiety free sweat free Saturday and just have the least cruising into the second round against the Boston Bruins more than likely but um how do you guys feel I mean right now honestly in 20 plus years of being a Leaf fan I have not felt this way about this team uh, in the playoffs yet. I mean, the way that they're playing, the way that they're acting out there, the way that they're fighting in it, they're blocking, they're hitting, they're in it, man. Like, I, I honestly think this might be the best team that's ever been put on the ice in the Toronto Maple Leafs history that I've been watching, at least. Um, this is a spectacular team, and... I feel really good about it, man. I feel really good about it. And I don't even care if the Leafs get through this and people are going to shit all over the Leafs like, oh, you didn't beat the real Tampa Bay Lightning. It doesn't matter because that's one of the things that the Leafs have lacked over all these playoffs is that killer instinct. It's like you got to strike when the fucking iron is hot. If Hedman's out, you better win that game. If Cernak's out of this series, you better win this fucking series because, <clears throat> excuse me, you're not going to get... You got to get to win the cup. You got to get lucky. And this is the kind of luck that happens sometimes. Big pieces get hurt. I mean, when John Tavares went down in Montreal, you don't think Habs fans were like, oh my God, oh my God, like one of their best players is down. Like we have to strike when the iron's hot and they had the killer instinct to do it and they took out the Leafs. So they got to have that killer instinct. If if they're weak, you fucking eat them alive, baby. Don't, no mercy, no mercy. Okay, let's, uh, let's calm down. 
So I'm clearly excited for the game tomorrow. I can't wait. Um, if they lose, they lose. I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit of a brick wall nowadays ever since the, the Montreal loss. I mean, kind of don't have any feelings anymore after that one. That one did some permanent trauma damage. But um, let's move on to some of the other series here. So let's go over to the West and let's start with the Wild and the Stars. So this series been fucking weird dude so i don't get i didn't get to watch every single minute of every single game but i'm taking notes on everything that i've seen so they go with mark andre fleury in game two disaster fucking disaster and that if minnesota goes down in the series they're gonna look back on that decision and that loss as maybe the the turning point because like why in the actual fuck did you take out gustison after a performance like that he stole you that game and then you do him dirty by taking him out and yes you put in a legend but you don't do that man you don't do it and there you go i think that kind of answers my argument that i had a couple episodes ago if and maybe Uh, our coach is going to try and do the tandem thing in the playoffs and it looks like no that water is still way too hot to enter because i mean uh, what's his name dean evison or whatever the coach for minnesota he entered there and it looks like he just got boiled alive a little bit because everyone was tearing him apart for that decision myself included because i just why would you do that 50 plus saves what a performance from gustison like That should have been the easiest decision for you to put him back in there for for game two. And you didn't. You 5D chest it and you fucked it. You messed up. So if he gets fired for that decision, I mean, eh, so be it. But um, that was a that was a whoopsie daisy. That's for sure. So they get obliterated in game two. That's for sure. They got absolutely smoked. Uh, Rupe Heinz, bro. Oh, my God. The current leading playoff point getter right now in the playoffs. Rupe Heinz, thank you very much. Put some respect on his name. I drafted him in fantasy this year and when I drafted him I got I got a little bit of disrespect when I picked him they're like oh Rupe Heinz he's not that good I'm like dude the guy is incredible like they're like oh he's just because he plays with Robertson I'm like uh I mean like yeah that helps but I think Rupe Heinz is a is a fantastic player and the current leader in points in the playoffs dude's been a mutant out there he's been fantastic loving that he is emerging as the star in the playoffs for the stars there you go how's that and that's pretty well done and a well done job from him so far for the stars and but minnesota did come back pretty strong in game three they got the win there but then the stars in the big game five the what was that last night they shut out minnesota for nothing so the odd man even though it would like it's a shutout it's very extremely impressive the first shutout of the playoffs not i'm not taking anything away from that but Dallas, it's not just Ottinger. Like, Ottinger didn't steal that game necessarily. Like, Dallas as a whole played really, really strong game. Like, to get a shutout, you kind of have to have a whole team effort right there or just an absolute ridiculous goaltending performance. But pretty low shots. I think it was only like 25 saves or something like that. But the Ott man coming out to play, he's not playing as good as he did last playoffs, but I wasn't expecting him to. He was like a 9 60 something or something fucking last year just out of control like Dominic Hasek best just ridiculous he wasn't going to be able to keep that up but um yeah right now the stars hold the series I think it is 3-2 as of right now for the stars but pretty sure I had uh hold on here I got my my fucking my little bracket here on the paper there we go let's just pardon oh my god that was probably loud as hell 
Yeah, I had Dallas in six in this series, so I could technically be right if Dallas wins in the next game, but it's been a fairly good series. Very uh, hard-hitting, and uh, Hartman's been having a really good playoffs. Matt Dumba has been hitting everything that has a heartbeat. I think even at this point, he's hitting things without heartbeats. I mean, Dumba's just been... I don't know, maybe he's trying to showcase himself because it might be done with him in Minnesota after this one, and he might be going on to a different team and showcasing that he can take someone's fucking head off in the playoffs. That might be a good asset for him on his resume if he's going to get signed somewhere next season. So that series has been going on. Not my favorite series, but it's been pretty good. Nice and hard-hitting. I was expecting that. A lot of people were expecting it to be a uh, low-scoring game but or a series, but... Dallas has come out, man. They've been, they've been putting up some freaking goals, which is dangerous for Dallas because they don't really do that. And if Dallas finds their goal-scoring touch in the playoffs, they could be really, really hard to stop moving forward. So looking good for the Stars so far. We'll go to the Oilers and Kings. Oh, my goodness, this series has been freaking banana. Speaking of banana, the most banana banana is Leon Dreisaitl. That guy is the biggest banana besides Rupe Heinz because he has more points. But, dude... I think I think if, if Leon Dreisaitl wasn't playing right now, I think the Oilers would have been swept already. Like, done. Leon has been out there. I don't know if it's every single goal now after last night's game, but going into the game last night, he was on the ice for every single goal. MVP much? Like, Conn Smythe, just give it to him right now? Are you kidding me? Leon's been out of control. Like, not putting anything against McDavid, because I would imagine teams are going to be keying in on him more than Leon. They're going to be keying in on Leon for sure, but I think it's going to be more focused on McDavid. And, uh, yeah, but Leon has been out of his mind. Evan Bouchard has been, oh, every time that guy shoots it, I'm like, oh, shit, that thing could go in. Like, I love a defenseman that could just fucking howitzer that thing on the blue line. So that was a really fucking good move, move by Edmonton. Like, I praise that that Ekholm edition because not only, like, I like Barry. I like Tyson Barry. Nothing against him, but... I think it was the good call to put in Bouchard in that PP1 spot because he's got the bomb. And, dude, he's been crushing it. Hold on. How many points? He's up there in points, too. He's in the... He's up there. He's in fifth place right now. He's got eight points, two goals, six assists in five games. So Evan Bouchard has fucking coming alive in the playoffs for the Edmonton Oilers. And uh, a little bit of hatred coming towards Darnell Nurse right now. He's been out there for a lot of goals against, apparently. I can't say I've really been keying in on his performance. It's kind of kind of hard not to watch the stars in this series because, I mean, you got Connor McDavid and all those guys out there going bananas. Evander Kane's having a really good series as well. He's been stepping up. And it's been a good series, man. It's probably... I Like, I picked this one to go seven, but um, I... I, I it's a pick em, honestly. I had to side with um, Edmonton because they got McDavid Trisidal. I mean, that's goddamn. And honestly, Corpus Allo hasn't been as fantastic as I was expecting him to be. And kind of an interesting decision. So, uh, what's his name? Stuart Skinner gets pulled out of one of the games there. Jack Campbell enters. Plays fantastic. I think he did like, I don't know, 25 out of 26 saves in relief. And I think they came back and won that game, if I'm not mistaken. Let's see here. 
Game two, McDavid gets two goals. Yeah, McDavid comes alive in game two. Okay, the Kings win this one. Yeah, game two had that weird high-sticking controversy. Like, honestly, I was watching that, and the whole time I was like, it does it really fucking matter, though? Like, no one got hurt on the play. Like, I understand rules are rules, but, like... They're making a really big stink out of it. Yes, I think he did touch the puck, but goal, like, I'd rather have that goal, so. And, I mean, McDavid not, like, stopping uh, because he thinks that the puck got touched and just stopping play. Never stop playing until you hear the whistle, bitch. Like, come on, you're the best player in the world. You should know that shit. Don't ever stop playing. So, I mean, it is what it is. It's over, and there's been tons of controversies and lot of noise around that one yeah I think he touched the puck and it probably should have been blown dead but goal I mean do you want dingers or not dingers we all want dingers and uh game four holy fuck game four was ridiculous a ridiculous comeback down three by the Oilers I mean oh man I thought they were down and out man like I was getting I was like oh shit like this could be in some people's eyes a really big upset I wouldn't I don't think it'd be that big of an upset maybe just for entertainment value because you want to see McDavid and Dreisaitl go on but I think LA is a fantastic team like whoever comes out of this I still feel like is probably going to the finals but ridiculous comeback for the Oilers in that game man like holy shit there's been some really good freaking comebacks in the playoffs so far and fucking my boy Zachy Hyman with the OT winner that was the game that Jack Campbell comes into for relief so he comes in there plays well enough to get the Oilers to come back and win and it was a really interesting decision that they went back to Stuart Skinner in game five in it and it paid off man they got the win Stuart Skinner is still a little bit shaky, honestly, in that game, but the the team rallied behind him. Maybe that was the right call. Like, we'll have the team, you know, rally behind the goaltender, and they'll fucking play harder and make sure they get the win. They got the win. Big Game 5 win for the Oilers last night, so that's huge. They have the the series in a stranglehold. I wouldn't be surprised. LA pushes it to 7. I kind of want it to just for entertainment value because it's a really good series. Been really into this one. And then the Jets and the Golden Knights. Pretty interesting. I mean, game two, Mark Stone comes alive. He was pretty rusty in that first game, but he's really getting it going now. And playoff Mark Stone is ridiculous. So he's starting to come come together here. He gets two goals in game two. Jets or uh, Knights win. Game three was the Jets with their insane third period comeback. I mean, they tie it up with 17 seconds left. Oh my goodness, dude. The Was that in... Um, yeah, so that was... Wait, was that in Winnipeg? I think it was. And the crowd goes banana. But sadly, uh, the Knights end up winning that game in double overtime. So it's kind of been the story around Winnipeg is like they can't win at home with the whiteouts. So maybe they should change it to blue, like where they're go to a blue out or whatever. Or I don't know. Blue mark. I don't know what to call it. Just change the color. Don't make it white anymore. Go. It's Maybe it's too hard on their eyes, like with the white ice surface and then they look up from that and all they see is white jerseys maybe it's just too much for their senses i don't fucking know i'm not a scientist but uh really bad news for the jets in this series josh morrissey is going to be out for the rest of the series so don't think he's done for the playoffs so if they can get by the the knights he would be coming back as far as i know but down for the rest of the series that's that's bad news, but we'll give it to Pionk. He has stepped up his game. I mean, I know a lot of people don't like Pionk. I'm a, I'm a Pionk guy. I like I like myself a little Pionk. He's good. He gets points. He's fantasy asset. Shut up. But uh, he stepped up his game uh, with the with the 
absence of Morrissey. So I, I got to give him a shout out. Uh, Wheeler, my boy fucking Kyle Connor's been stepping up. Dubois has been ridiculous out there. Like he, he is a player that like I would love to have in the playoffs because he's big. He just fucking hits everything. He's mean. It's not a guy that I would want to be in a series against. So he's been pretty good out there. And then, yeah, game four happens. Jets down 3-1 in the series now. And now uh, Mark Shifley is apparently injured. So I'm not going to say that's probably the final nail in the coffin, but it's pretty much the final nail in the coffin, I would say. Hellebuck is doing the best that he can, but he's playing really good. But it's uh, I think think the Knights are going to get him here. But I'd be happy to see the Jets move on. I wouldn't care. I don't care. So we'll move on to the Kraken versus the Avalanche. Oh, buddy, this series has been fucking good. I love that the Kraken have been in this series. I didn't even give them, like, I gave them respect on paper. I was like, they're going to be in, the, like, they're they're a decent team. My big thing with the Kraken going in was their goaltending. I'm like, who the fuck is going to play good? And apparently Grubauer, he's been way, way better than I thought he was ever going to be ever again. So... Good for Grubauer. He's been good enough to get the Kraken some wins against the the current champions, which is very interesting. And like I predicted, man, the fucking, oh my God, the crowd in Seattle has been outrageous. If you haven't watched any of that series yet, highly recommend. It's probably, I don't know what, I have to go with my Leaf series just because it's the Leafs, but this one's been really freaking entertaining. The, the Kraken crowd was amazing. Seattle was ridiculous. The overtime winner by Jordan Eberle. That what might, might have been one of the loudest ovations I have heard in hockey in a hot minute. That was fucking awesome. I'm amped that um, the series is is gotten interesting. I didn't didn't want it to be an ass kicking. Like I feel like I should have put a little bit more respect on the Kraken. Even the Avalanche have in in some of the after game interviews. They've said I think it's McKinnon that said this is the hardest team that they've played in the first round, and he's not lying. And I mean, honestly, their first-round competition has been a little bit light. But, um, yeah, dude, the Kraken are a legitimate team. They're a dangerous team because they're kind of a team of four second lines. Like, all their lines are really solid, and they just come at you in waves. They can hit you pretty much everywhere. So they've been doing well, and if they were getting, if they could get some decent goaltending, I think the goaltending's been better than what they could have asked for. So it's a pretty fucking awesome series uh, between the Kraken and the Abs. I highly recommend it. And McCarr gets suspended for one game. I didn't actually see what he did, but... uh, yeah, he's he's going to be out for one game. So that's going to be that's going to be tough, but the Avalanche have been dealing with this shit all year long. Nothing new to them. So I would I wouldn't expect anything less than the Avalanche to step up. Again, big in game 5. That is tonight. So that's going to be a fuck. I'm going to be watching that game. Oh baby, that's going to be a fun one. We'll move on now to the Eastern Series Bruins Panthers. <laughs> Can't say I've been taking a whole lot of notes on this one because it's a little bit kind of all Boston at this point. They've been down Bergeron. I think he's back now doing good. They're down Krejci. They're still winning. Taylor Hall has come back to life, dude. Like, I'm really happy. I I really like Taylor Hall. I was happy when he got the New Jersey and he started to get some of that respect again. And it looks like he's starting to pull out that New Jersey Taylor Hall again. And it's been a while, but... Bruins fans are probably really happy to see him. And yeah, Taylor Hall's been stepping up his game big for them. And Allmark making some ridiculous saves. Some people calling for Allmark to get taken out of the net. They go with Jeremy Swayman. They didn't do that. So Allmark holding the net. The Bruins are up 3-1 now. So they could put it away tonight. 
Um, I think that game is starting in like 20 minutes or something because, I don't know, they say uh, the the game starts at 7, but we all know there's going to be a 20-minute delay before puck drops. So, yeah, I got about 20 minutes before that game starts. Eh, I'll probably watch it until Boston scores in the first five minutes. But, yeah, I mean... It looks like uh, they figured out um, what's his name, the goaltender that saved them, Alex Lyon. Looks like they might have figured him out a little bit. Regardless, the team playing in front of them just hasn't been good enough. There's been so many good chances for the Bruins. Every time I'm watching it, Alex Lyon's making a ridiculous save, or they're getting a really good chance. So yeah, I can't really put it on Alex Lyon. They tried Bobrovsky. It's not working, so yeah, it it sucks. I mean, a lot of us probably wanted the Bruins to get upset, but hey, there's a potential that you could get a Boston-Toronto second round, so I think a lot of people are going to want that, so you know, it is what it is. I'm not too surprised that uh, Boston is doing what they're doing. I gave Florida maybe a little bit too much respect. I don't know. I thought the Florida Panthers played the Bruins well throughout the regular season, so I thought they would take it to six. They still could. But um, yeah, they have the goaltending just hasn't been there, sadly. So uh, hasn't been too good for the Florida Panthers so far. Looking good for the Bruins, but also not great for the Bruins. They haven't like, for, as far as I can tell from Bruins fans, they are a little underwhelmed with the way that they've been playing so far. Uh, I hear that Dmitry Orlov has been ridiculous. So good for him. Uh, he was a really good pickup for them. It, it looks like their pickups have been playing really well and been effective for them as well. So that's nice uh, for the Bruins. We'll move on from the Bruins now because I could. I, I'm about to throw up if I talk about them for much longer. Okay, the Hurricanes in the Isle series probably the one I'm the least interested in. Uh, no real offense to the two teams, but Islanders fans, you hate John Tavares, and I can't have that. That's my boy. And with the Hurricanes. Mostly because Svechnikov is out. That's my boy. I fucking love Svechnikov, and I'm so sad that he's not there. But from what I've watched of the series, I know Brett Burns has been the man, uh, and they've been dealing with some really bad calls from the referees, apparently. can't. I don't remember them off of the top of my head, but I've been hearing a lot about the bad calls uh, in the series. So, you know, yeah. I mean, get used to it. It's... Uh, it's rather it all changes or we just have to keep complaining about it as a as a unit, as a full unit. And maybe at some point Gary Bettman will, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. So if we keep bitching about it, maybe at some point they'll do something about it. But apparently the officiating in that series has been dog shit. And uh, what else do I got written down? Ah, Canes, man, I feel really bad for the Hurricanes because they went into, they started the series out with bad injuries. I mean, Pacioretty gone all year. Um, Svechnikov going down right before the playoffs. That was a big one. And now Teravine apparently has a broken hand and he needs surgery. So that's bad. And the Isles have destroyed the Canes at home. I think this is the series where no one can win at home. Correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, honestly, I haven't been too interested in this series. It's nice to see that Barzell is back in there. He's been playing pretty well. Sorokin has been playing quite good. And Anti-Ranta... I mean, I was a little bit surprised that they went with Ante, but he's been playing pretty fucking good. So good job, Ante Ranta. All right, let's go on to New Jersey and the Rangers. So this one looked like it was over and not so much. Not so fast, everybody, because New Jersey has crawled their way back into the series. So this is the series that no one can win at home. So Rangers lose at home and the Devils lose at home. But the Devils 
make the decision to take out Vanacek and put in Schmied. So Akira Schmied, I think his name is. Fucking awesome name. Love the name. And he's getting the wins, man. He's playing good. And I like that idea. So maybe, again, this this is something that happens with goalies sometimes when they're a little bit newer. And uh, teams just don't really have a book on them yet because there's not really been a lot of footage to watch. So maybe the Rangers are having a little bit more of a hard time figuring out what the what the thing is with Schmied. They might have figured it out with Vanacek because he hasn't been playing very well. And um, looks like the Devils, who knows, maybe it's Schmied for the rest of the way going here. But really good performance here for the Devils coming back into the series. I mean, Jack Hughes is getting it going, baby. Dougie Hamilton with a big overtime victory. Uh, goal right there. It's been a fun series, man. I like this series. Big story with the Rangers as they're power play has been out of control but they can't score five on five so um, if New Jersey can figure out a way to stay out of the box and one of the storylines with the playoffs is the further you go into the series the more the whistles start to get put away so if the series continues to go onward it might be more of an advantage for the Devils going forward if they're going to have less power plays for the Rangers so it's going to be really interesting going forward with that series it's been a really good one so far and that's that's all of them that's all the series so far so love to know what you guys uh which series has been your favorite so far I mean I've been loving the Leaf series so far Probably wouldn't be liking it if they were down 3-1, but it's been a pretty fun series so far. It's been really interesting. Really enjoying the Oilers and Kings series, liking that one. Jets and Knights has been good. Kraken and Abs has been really good. I mean, the first round is kind of my Christmas nowadays, now that I'm an, an adult and Christmas isn't really like the same when you're a child, but this is exciting for me. I love this hockey. This is my favorite hockey. I was burned out on regular season hockey in like early January because we already knew what the playoff matchup was for the Leafs so watching those games were not as awesome as they usually are and then the Flames were just fucking disappointing all year long oh speaking of the Flames we got some fairly good news for the Flames apparently apparently now I'm not going to say that this is set in stone and 100% happening but apparently the city uh, the city of Calgary has agreed to a new arena deal Everybody clap. Everybody stand and clap. Thank you. Thank you. This is well-deserved. I don't know if there's a team in the league right now besides Arizona that needs an arena more than Calgary. (laughs) Because, oh my God, at any point, I am terrified that we're going to hear a terrible tragedy has happened in Calgary. 18,000 dead as the Seattle Dome collapses and kills everybody. Like, I don't want that to happen. Because my friend goes to those games sometimes and I don't want him to die. And I don't want anyone there to die, so... Get that fucking arena built. Don't you fuck... Because they screwed up the deal last time over a little $20 million or some bullshit. This is a multi... This could be a multi-billion dollar arena. So don't fucking end this deal over $20 million. That's chump change to you guys. So I'm not going to break down the financials of the deal if you want. Uh, You can look that up on the internet, or there's a great video on the YouTubes. Uh, The hockey guy has a great video. He breaks it down and the financials and all that great stuff. Took a couple notes from his video. Apparently, again, nothing set in stone, but maybe we're looking at a 2027 opening date. So hopefully that roof stays up for that time frame, because that's that's quite a while away. It's three years away from now, or more. What the fucking year are we in? 20... 
I don't know. I'm, again, I'm looking around for a producer that I don't have. Anyway, uh, it's going to be a while before that arena is done. So, But it's great news to hear that it's uh, that door is open again. Those talks are happening. Apparently, there's a big old election coming up here for Calgary. So I, just, I fucking hate politics, so I'm not going to talk about that. But I imagine there's going to be fucking politics shenanigans all around this thing. So... Yeah, we'll be. Uh, I'll have my eye on that throughout the summer as more stuff comes out with uh, news with the arena. But that's fucking awesome news. I I hope I hope it's an amazing arena. I hope it's one that Flames fans can be proud of and they can rival with Edmonton because Edmonton's got this gorgeous brand new stadium arena built over there, and they're like, yeah, we got Connor McDavid, we got a new arena, ah, and then Calgary's over here. It's like, yeah, we might all die over here if we have a concert that's too loud. So. Like, yeah, let's get that arena built in Calgary as fast as possible. And we'll finish off the podcast with just a little bit of couple uh, retirements announced. We'll start with the big one here. So big one, Justin Braun, everybody. He's done. I know, I know. Everyone take a bow for Justin Braun. Legendary defenseman. Never got the respect. But uh, all joking aside, he was a pretty solid defenseman. I mean, he played for some not great teams, but... There you go. I mean, I think he played just shy of 900 games. I think he played over 800 games. So good-ass career. Good for you. And congratulations to Justin Braun. And now the actual big uh, retirement announcement. Goaltender Craig Anderson apparently is retiring. And fucking goddamn. If I had a free hand... There. I'll slap my slap my uh, shoulder. Uh, congratulations to Craig Anderson, an incredible career. Looking forward to the Hockey Guy video uh, going over his full career. That'll be really fun. Very interesting story. He's an absolute warrior. Uh, the story with his wife and the cancer and him coming back and playing the game, getting a shutout. Like, oh, Craig Anderson's so freaking awesome, dude. Getting no respect when he got to Buffalo. And everyone's like, who's this 45-year-old goaltender? Oh, wait, he's actually the best goaltender we have. Put some respect on his name. So congratulations, Craig Anderson, on a fantastic career. Congratulations to you and have a really good summer off and, and get some golfing in and all that great stuff or whatever the heck you want to do with yourself. And yeah, I think that is it for me and the podcast, everybody, before I faint. Thank you so much for watching, or not watching, listening, and make sure you go back and listen to this last Monday's uh, GX GamerCast. I did Bayonetta, really weird, quirky-ass game, definitely worth your time to check out, I swear. You can go listen to the podcast, I'll I'll run it down, give you the, what do you call it, the... um, the sales pitch on Bayonetta. So you can go back there and listen to that. We'll have the wrestling recap on Saturday as long as Rampage decides that we're going to have it at the regular time. That'd be fantastic. So thank you everybody so much. Let me know what you think of the playoffs so far. What's your favorite series? And are the Leafs going to fucking do this shit? I hope so. We'll find out tomorrow. And you have yourselves a great day. Go Leafs go. Oh my god, yeah. Go. Please, please win.